Welcome to our Sunday night Holy Spirit service, everybody. Welcome. Yeah. It's really loud over here in the youth section. I'm glad the youth are in church on Sunday night. That's pretty cool. Hungry people. That's awesome. Let me just explain our Holy Ghost service to you guys. We do have a regular service on Sunday. And we have two services, and we are limited for time, but on a Sunday night, it is a different service. It's a time where we have extended worship. We will have more worship at the end. How many people love to worship? Gosh. And then uh, we have a time where we minister in the Holy Ghost. We pray for people. We pray for certain things. So just um, picture this like a big river. Jump in the river. Don't hold back. Don't, don't, um, don't be um, shy. Amen. This is a time where, um, yeah, it's just awesome, in Jesus' name. I want to show you guys a quick commercial. We have our uh, Connect group starting. So, Ty, if you want to cue this up. We have our Connect group starting, and a Connect group is uh, something that happens on a semester basis. And uh, what we do is we meet in homes for about six weeks at a time, and uh, it's a home Bible study where people come together they, um, they, uh, they watch a Bible lesson, they have a discussion, they pray for one another, they eat food, they make connections, they create friends. So listen, there's a lot of people who aren't making connections in church because you're not in a connect group yet. And when you get in a connect group, you get to know some people. This week, I mean this semester, just in time for Halloween, we have a good um, theme special. So check, check this out, you guys, and then I'll come back to talk to you more about it. Christianity is more than a set of disciplines and rules. It is a deeply spiritual experience with God the Father. The Bible has a lot to say about beings in the spirit realm. Over the next few weeks, we're gonna study about ghosts, spirits, angels, demons, and God. That's it. So that's going to be our subject matter for the next six weeks. Um, this, is, this is what I found. A lot of people who uh, don't go to church are interested in this subject. They're interested in these things. A lot of people who go to church are interested in these things. So we're going to study the Word of God concerning all of these things. And, um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be amazing. So make sure you guys sign up for a Connect group. Join a Connect group. If you're someone who's ministry-minded, um, I do want to put this out there. If you are ministry-minded, you want to do something for Jesus before you leave this earth so that you have something to present to him, open your home and be a host for a Connect group. You literally just put on a, you put on a, uh, uh, put on a teaching, you ask some questions, you have some snacks, and you open your home to your family, your friends, and your neighbors. Now, my wife and I have been doing it for years and years and years and years but we're so blessed we are so blessed that we open our home for the gospel that the spirit of god abides in our home that people come in our home and they learn about god they get saved they get prayed for we're we're the ones who are blessed okay so i mean if if, if you you should think who are my family who are my friends who who do i want to show this to and start a group. You can start a group, and we're looking for homes and hosts, so if that's you, 
um, don't don't just attend. Maybe you want to maybe you want to lead one of these, and uh, and be a blessing. Amen. So talk to one of us if you want to do that. We would love for you to do that. Um, this is this is not my sermon, but I have it in my notes, and it, it was a little leftover from this morning. But I, I do want to bring it up for you know I think it might just be the Holy Ghost. But there was a time where I went to a dead church. Okay, I went to a dead church, and um, I went to this dead church most of my young life. And then at 18 years old, I gave my life to Jesus. I got born again, and then I started to attend another church, which was this one many, many years ago, over 30 years ago. And this church was filled with life and, and, and the Spirit of God. And, uh, but what I did for a year is I went to my dead church in the daytime, and I went to my living church in the nighttime. And I did it for a year because it was just tradition. It was just the way I, I was brought up. It was the way my family was brought up. But <clears throat> life is too short to spend your life in a dead church. It is. A dead church is a church that has walked away from the power and the life of God. And sometimes it becomes very traditional. There's tradition, there's the way things are done. This is not to, you know, if you're watching online, um, you know, I don't mean to offend you. I try to offend everyone equally, but like, <laughs> no, but like, if you go to black churches in America, they're filled with tradition. I'm, I'm like, where did they get all this extra stuff? They march people in, they have robes, they have ceremonies and stuff. And so every church has their traditions and stuff. And it's like, what is all this extra stuff, right? Like, we need the power of the gospel, the power of the word, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And all this extra fluff sometimes is just, it, so people go and they go through these, these traditional, you know, I went to a church where we did this and this and this and this and this, and then we left. But like, what, what were we actually doing? What did we actually get out of it? So we went through a traditional thing. But listen, if you, if you go to a dead church, it could be life or death. Right? Number one, you can, you can raise kids in a dead church, and they'll be like, I hate church. When I get old enough, I am never coming back to this church because it is such a terrible dead church. And I know, Mom and Dad, for whatever reason, you feel this allegiance to go here, but not me. I'm gone. And some kids leave the church and never come back, never come back because they were raised in a dead church. There are some people who need a miracle, and there is something really happening in their life, and there is no one to join faith with. There's one girl who comes to this church now, and she's been coming for a while, but she said, in my old church, when you complained about sickness or this and that, people would just say, okay, that's okay, honey. That's okay. We'll just, you know, just kind of console you. And she said, the difference is when I came here, people said, let's pray for that now. And she said, that made such a difference to me because prayer changes things. Whether it's sickness or oppression or depression, God would touch you in, uh, in prayer. So it makes such a difference. A living church are live, is a body that is alive and they are activated and they're ready to change their world. Amen? So I don't know who that's for. I don't even think it might be for someone here, but it's for someone on TV, you guys. It's for someone watching on the live stream. Get out of your dead church. You, listen, you only have a few more years on this earth. 
There is not enough time to spend it in a dead church, okay? I, um, I know that's kind of funny, but I do feel passionate about that because I once was... Hi, my name is Mike. I am a dead... <laughs> I used to go to a dead church. Hi, Mike. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore these people, they are drunk in the Holy Spirit, and what they have, you need to. Just say double dose, Holy Spirit, a double dose of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. <laughs> I'm just going to preach while you guys have a good time, amen? We are, we are going to talk about this. Do you guys see that? So we're good, right? The joy of my salvation. Joy. Second <laughs> Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is anyone in Christ? Raise your hands and be proud. Be proud about that. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Let me ask you a question. Isn't it not an amazing thing to be a Christian? Isn't it the best thing ever? Like... Like, if there was the best thing ever on earth, this would be the best thing. If there was the best thing ever in the universe, this would be the best thing. If this would be the best thing ever in heaven, hell, and the earth, this would be the best thing, a Christian. There is nothing more depressing to me than seeing a Christian who says, oh, woe is me, it is so hard, it's so hard to be a Christian. Don't you feel bad for me because I'm a Christian? I do not feel bad for you. Not even for a second. What are you looking at? What is, what is your focus on? Do you not realize that, that in Christ all things have become new? If you grew up a sinner filled to the brim with wickedness and sin, Jesus wiped that away from you and now you're brand new. Like a, like a baby knew, Jesus said, you must be born again to see the kingdom of heaven. When you are born again, you're made new on the inside. Is, not, is that not the best thing ever? It is. It is. Some people say, <clears throat> some people say, the devil's after me. The devil's harassing me. I'm having a hard time. I am not trying to be uncompassionate, but I do not feel bad for you. If the de Listen, if the devil is after you, you must see that as a good sign because he only goes after people that he's nervous about. He's nervous about. When, when, Moses, when Moses, who was the deliverer of Israel, was a baby, the devil could see the glory on this baby, so he commanded uh, Pharaoh to kill all the Hebrew children so that the deliverer would be wiped out. And God rescued him. He, he floated down on a basket, and he was picked up by Pharaoh's daughter, then brought back to Pharaoh's house. That's how stupid the devil is. The devil commanded, 
Satan to kill the babies, and then the deliverer floats down and then is raised by Pharaoh in his house. Everything the devil tries, he fails at. He fails. So if you are feeling the pressure of the enemy, it's because you're a threat. You are. And you should take it as a badge of honor, like, wow. You know, there was, uh, there was, some, there was some Jewish um, exorcists, and they would cast out devils in the name that Paul preached, okay? They, they weren't Christians. They didn't have the name of Jesus. They weren't saved. So they said they would cast out demons in the name that Paul preached. And the demon-possessed person, the devil would speak out of them. Paul I know, and Jesus I know, but who are you? And he whooped him, right? But listen, he said he knew Paul. The demon knew Paul, right? Because Paul was messing up his kingdom, right? The devil should know your name. And if the heat is turned on, you should say, whoa, this is good stuff. This is good stuff because I've had no action in my life forever, and now everything's going... All hell's breaking loose. I must be doing something right. I must be doing something right. Oh, woe is me. I'm a Christian. No, we don't feel bad for you. You, you, are, you are blessed above measure. You are blessed above measure. Our salvation brings joy. Amen? Our salvation brings joy. So when we were um, recently, our young people went to youth camp this past week. Give it up for youth camp. So, that, so, so this is how good youth camp was, okay? My daughter went, and she came back, and she said they went for two and a half days. Two and a half days. She said it was better than the Rodney Howard Brown revival in Tampa and better than Disney. <laughs> what? That's a good youth camp. That is a good youth camp. That's, that's awesome, right? And she was serious. She was, like, amped, right? So my wife and I got to go up on the uh, first night, and we got to minister to the young people. They have a lot of fun, but then they have a lot of ministry. And we got to minister to the young people, and we were ministering. And then we had a time where we prayed for the kids, and we were laying hands on them. And there was um, one girl, Cece, who was kind of raised in our church, and she's quiet. Huh? <clears throat> she's not here, right? She's just, okay. Maybe she's watching online. Cece, Cece immediately when we prayed for her begins to belly laugh. Not like, not like. <laughs> she begins to belly laugh, and to me, like it seemed out of character for Cece. It was very like, <laughs> but in a in a young girl type of way. <clears throat> and she was belly laughing, right? And uh, and but I thought it was great. I thought I thought the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. And so it was, it was just full and, you know, not just that type of thing. And, and the kind of the joy that we already felt kind of just started to break out. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And I was reminded of this scripture. You can pull it up in Romans 14. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> God has come to bring you joy in the Holy Ghost. That's part of the kingdom of God. That's part of the package. The reason why I don't feel bad for you as a Christian, because you have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost as part of the package for you. That's amazing. We have so many good benefits and so many things showered upon us. 
So what do we have to be joyful about? Okay, <clears throat> Psalm 35, 9 says this, And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in what, you guys? In his salvation. In his salvation. So I was, I was, I was not a kid who was brought up in this type of church. I was brought up in another church. So I was very lost at one point in my life. I was lost in sin. Uh, I, was, I was in bondage to sin, and when I was born again, all of that sin broke off of my life. Jesus came and set me free and made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. So I remember what it used to be like outside of Jesus. And when you remember what it's like to be out of salvation, you are thankful for salvation because it's day and night. It is absolutely day and night. Everything, everything about my former life, spiritually speaking, okay, was darkness. There was confusion. There was darkness. There was manipulation. There was head games. There was selfishness. Everything was just so dark. And I remember it well, and I'm glad I do because I enjoy and appreciate my salvation. Amen. <clears throat> God not only uh, freed me from sin, but I, I understood uh, for the first time that I had an eternity. The, the Bible says that God wrote my name in the Lamb's Book of Life and that I would spend eternity with him in heaven. That's an amazing thing. Do, do, here's the thing. Everyone who's here, if you're a Christian, if you've made Jesus your Lord, you, your future is heaven. Your future is, the Bible says that Jesus goes ahead of you to prepare a mansion for you, to prepare a home, to prepare an abode. Who, know, who knows? We might all live on the same street, okay? My wife, my wife, was it a dream? Okay, so my wife had this dream once, and in her dream, God showed her her heavenly home. And, that, and, it, and she just had this perception that this is my heavenly home. What's that? Yeah. That was her perception, like, wow, this is my heavenly home. And it was ornate, and it was beautiful, and it, and it had all this architecture and, and detail. And then she said, and then I saw your home in heaven. Number, number one, like, okay, we have two houses. Like, <clears throat> my grandparents, which I thought was a very weird thing, my grandparents, when I would go over to their house in Lawrence, Massachusetts, and drink pineapple soda in their house, I'd look in their bedroom, and they had two beds. I'm like, what's up with this, Grandma? <laughs> when does it become two beds? But for them, it became two beds. And in heaven, we had two houses, okay? And she described mine as just this tall, monolith, giant thing with lots of small windows and no decoration, taking up like a whole city block, okay? Nothing like beautiful about it or whatever. But you guys, I guarantee the inside is going to be awesome. There's going to be a room for everything. So she, she perceived that God was showing her her heavenly reward, her heavenly mansion, okay? And so God has a home for you. And we have eternity of heaven to look forward to. And the Bible says that Jesus came to bring the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom of heaven abides in you now. Even now the Holy Spirit abides in you. Even now the kingdom of heaven abides in you. Even now eternal life abides in you. Because the Bible says this, that God moved out of a house made with hands and moved into your body, the temple 
of the Holy Spirit. When you became the temple of the Holy Spirit, you also became a piece of the body of Christ. You might, the Bible says you might be a hand, you might be a finger, you might be an internal organ, whatever it is, you become a piece of the body of Christ. Do you realize what that means? You are Jesus in this earth. That's exciting to me. I am not going to have a sad story and play a tiny violin about how hard my life is. I literally have the Holy Spirit of God living in me, and now I am a piece of the body of Christ. Jesus is still in this earth through us. What Jesus does in the earth will be done through his body. Ye are the body of Christ. Amen? That is awesome. That is, like, awesome. You need to walk around, that, walk around as if you are a miracle waiting to happen somewhere, because you are. The devil, the devil who is just a created being, he is not equal with God. He is not in the God class. He is an angel who fell through rebellion. He became Lucifer and Satan. He's just, he's a nothing before God is trying to get you not to see who you really are in Christ. If we had, if we had a height lineup of who you were in the spirit in Christ compared to who the devil was, you would realize he is a nothing a nothing who can only, he can only work through deception. And if he can trick you to confess the wrong things and to say, oh, the devil's after me, the devil's wrecking my house, the devil's, if he can trick you to say those things, he begins to have dominion in your life. But you are the body of Christ. There is nothing in this earth that is equal to you. Nothing. Jesus made you a new creation in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, it makes me happy. It makes me happy. I am happy to be saved. I am happy, happy, happy to be saved. <clears throat> happy to be saved. Check this out. Hebrews 2.9 says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Jesus, by the grace of God, tasted death for every man, which means the death that Jesus tasted, you will never have to taste, okay? Now, the Bible says this, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. So we're going to have a physical death where we leave our body, <clears throat> and our body we will go spend eternity with in heaven with our Father, Okay? But the Bible talks about more than one death. The Bible talks about a second death. Revelation 20 says this. And death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. Everyone say lake of fire. Just a qu quick quiz. Who was the lake of fire made for? Devil and his angels. Death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, which was created for the devil and his angels. But it says here... The lake of fire is what, you guys? The second death. Second death. I think it's four or five times in the book of Revelation. The second death is mentioned. The second death is separation from God, damnation in the flaming fires of the lake of fire for eternity. Okay? <clears throat> the lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life 
was thrown into the lake of fire. When the Bible says that by the grace of God, Jesus tasted death for every man. Jesus tasted the separation and the damnation that we should have had as a sinner. When Jesus died on the cross, he didn't go to heaven. He went down to the lower places of the earth, took the keys of hell and death from the devil and raised again, saying, all who call on my name shall be saved. But he died... The Bible says he became our sin that we might be the righteousness of God. Sin was put on Jesus, and sinners go to hell. Jesus tasted that death for every man. I will never taste hell, ever, because Jesus tasted it for me. He took my place. He died the death for every man so that we would not have to do that. Do you understand how awesome that is? Awesome? You have no fear of death. You have no fear of an eternity without God. You have no fear of separation without God. Jesus took our place and rescued us from hell. I don't know about you. That right there could get you in a happy dance all day long. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, not trying to get on you, but moping, feel bad for yourself, Christianity, oh, poor me. What the heck are you looking at? What are you looking at? You're not looking at what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. You can rejoice about any one of these things for days and months and never and never have a bad day when we're reminded of the goodness of our God. Oh, he's so good. <clears throat> On top of that, we have the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen? The Holy Spirit has come to abide on the inside of us. Galatians 5, says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithful, faithfulness. Do you see the one after love? Joy, 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 joy. You have a Holy Spirit fruit waiting to be dredged up from the inside of you because joy does not depend on your circumstances. It depends on the one who is inside of you who gives you joy even in the midst of bad situations. You can dance and rejoice in the midst of a bad situation because joy abides on the inside of you. And we should. And we should in those circumstances. Some people are so circumstance-driven. If they wake up and it's a rainy day, they're already depressed. If they wake up and they get bad news, they're already depressed. They, like, check out of life, right? And you know what? That's all external. That's all stuff on the outside, right? But we have to be inward-minded. We need to know that the greater one lives on the inside of us. Greater is he who lives in me than he who's in the world. When you know that, when you know that, you'll be a conqueror in life. The way that God created you to be. Amen? God created you to be. Now, my wife and I, <clears throat> we, made a, uh, we made a playlist in, on our phone of songs that are all just rejoicing, joyful, can get you up and just dance before the Lord songs. Okay? And, uh, and, we'll, and we'll say to each other, do you want to rejoice? Yeah, let's rejoice. So we'll go ahead and put that on, and we'll just begin in, in our bedroom or wherever, just begin to dance and praise before the Lord. Now, most of the time we do that when things 
don't look joyful. <clears throat> that we want to meet bad news with joy in the Holy Ghost. Because we know spiritually <clears throat> something's going to break, okay? So the devil comes. He's trying to give you bad news. It might be financial bad news. It might be news about your children. It might be news about your family. And we say, do you want to rejoice? Yeah, let's rejoice. We just, we kind of know the drill. And so we'll put the songs on. There's like five in a row. And we'll just begin to just rejoice before the Lord. Because joy comes from our inner man and not from the outer man. When you, when you learn this, devil, devil's not going to run you around anymore. All of us, can you come up here for a second? <clears throat> I'll just use you as an example. All right, tell me your name. Tommy. Tommy, turn around. So Tommy, like everyone else, don't cover up. You have, you have buttons, okay? Tommy has all these buttons, right? And the devil knows what his buttons are. So he'll say, mm, your family, mm, your job, mm, money. And when you press those buttons, he's expecting you to freak out, get mad, do this and that. And what our job is, is to remove all the buttons. And so when the devil comes, he's like, mm, I don't have any more buttons to press. Thanks, Tommy. They, the, you... We all have buttons. It's the thing that you lose your mind over. So easy. Whatever that is, realize what it is. The devil is going to try to push your buttons, and your job is to remove those buttons and say, no more devil. You're not going to run me around all, all the time, running me around in panic mode and this and that. When that thing comes and presents itself to you again, just say, hold on, I'm going to get my playlist. Put your phone down on the table, begin to pray, and then just begin to dance and rejoice before the Lord. And then, and then the devil, because he's so stupid, will be like, wait, what? What, like, what? And it'd be like, yeah, you caused this praise session to Jesus, okay? Do you want to do it again? Go ahead, bring me more bad news. So he'll bring you more bad news. Here's the devil. He does not like getting his butt whooped. He doesn't. So if you whoop his butt enough, he just leaves you alone for a season. He does. He leaves you alone for a season, okay? And so some of us have the devil constantly on us because you still have your buttons. And he knows how to press your buttons and he knows how to throw to you into panic mode, okay? We should make a t-shirt that says, I have no more buttons. And then people don't even know what that means, but <clears throat> I have no more buttons. You can't press them. In Jesus' name. Who, child. <laughs> Acts 13, 52 says this. I love it. I love it. Do you know what a disciple of Jesus looks like? It says, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with joy and filled with the Holy Spirit. What should a disciple of Jesus look like? The most joyful person on earth, the most joyful person in the room, the one, who just, the one who just oozes the Holy Spirit joy, amen, just oozes it. You're full of, full of optimism. You're full of faith. You walk, into a, you walk into a hospital room and you say, no, things are going to be okay. Let's just pray. And then that dark cloud just leaves the room. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know who it was, and you don't have to say, but would, like we were around someone recently, and what did they say that when we came in, what happened, or what was, the, what was the description about the atmosphere or something like that? 
We met someone new, okay? We didn't know them. And so when, when we left, they, they were like a friend of a friend, and they said, wow, when they came here, the, like the atmosphere was different. Oh, it was my cousin. <laughs> what was that? What did we do? Oh, okay, yeah, 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 okay. So we went to see my aunt, who we don't see a lot because she's up on the North Shore, way up. And so we went to visit her, and there was, my cousin was there and stuff, and they said, didn't they just bring such a presence with them? Right? What was that presence, you guys? It wasn't just good old optimism. No, it was the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit. Where you guys go, where you go, there sh you should just blow dark clouds out of the room. Just blow dark clouds out of the room because of the greater one who lives on the inside of you. People should just sense that presence around you, okay? Just blow dark clouds out of the room in Jesus' name. <clears throat> I'm going to end with this story, and then we're going to... I'm going to end with the story. We're going to go ahead, and um, we're going to worship um, with another song. And then I'm going I'm to ask people to come forward, and we're going to go ahead and uh, pray with some people. But here's the deal. During ministry time where we ask you to come forward, let me tell my story first, then I'll do that. So, many years ago in this church, in a different location, we had a female evangelist, and she might have been an evangelist. She came to the church, and she was an older woman, and, um, and she had like a week of meetings. And uh, her name was Vicki Jamison, and she's in heaven now. She's not here anymore, and um, and she was a, she was a very Holy Spirit lady, and she would like sing songs and and do things like that, and um, and the Holy Spirit began to move in these meetings, okay, and people would get the joy of the Lord, okay, because remember the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If you see a manifestation of joy, you are, you know you're in the in the kingdom of God. If you see a manifestation of despair and depression, you know that the kingdom of hell is around, okay? But when you see a manifestation of joy in the Holy Ghost, you know that the kingdom of God is present, okay? And so the joy, the joy would start to break out, and we weren't, we weren't super, you know, we, we didn't understand it totally, but, like, people would laugh in the Holy Spirit, and, and, the, and there was, uh, in the book of Acts, it says... Um, <clears throat> these men are not drunk, as you suppose, but they are filled with the Holy Ghost. So sometimes when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you kind of like stumble around like, like, whoa, like, I, like, ooh, right? And so what she would do, she would have people come up. She would have people come up and she said, I invite anyone to come up here and I want you to read from Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Ghost was poured out in the church. And so people would come up and they would start to read on the day of Pentecost, when it fully came, they were all gathered together in one accord in the upper room, and then all of a sudden they'd start to go, Ugh. <laughs> and you'd see them visibly get drunk in the Holy Ghost, and they couldn't finish it, and some would just fall over in the Holy Spirit and begin to laugh in the joy of the Lord. There was such a presence of the joy of the Lord in that meeting, and in uh, such great manifestations. And so the, the meeting went from one week, it went from one week to a second week. 
And so we have another week. And, um, and, we, and we, did the, we did these revival meetings the right way. We would stay there till 11, 12, and 1 in the morning. No like, no like well, it's 8 o'clock. Let's go ahead and pack it up. We just went until it was over, right? So these were late meetings. And my wife and I, um, I don't remember, we must have had kids or young kids at that time, and we kept them out late, whatever. So we go another week of this, this, this revival. And people start to hear about it, and out of curiosity, people are like, what's going on at Living Word? We're hearing, we're hearing great things. So the meeting starts to fill up, and, and it, great manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And so we go through a second week, and uh, we're out till 1, 2 in the morning every night. But for me, for me, <clears throat> I was like a younger associate, and I, and I was not jumping in the river. I was just standing back, kind of looking at it. If I saw someone laughing, I'd go, they, they have a funny laugh. So I couldn't say I had the joy. I might have been laughing at people, especially, especially people would be like, honk, honk. so you'd laugh at them. But I can't say I was in the river yet. I was just kind of on the outside, just watching it. Wow, wow. So we go a third, we go a third week, you guys. <laughs> so everything's going great. Let's have another week. Let's go the third week. By the third week, I was so tired. I was so tired. There was no more, I was no more resisting, holding back. I was just like, God, whatever you want to do. I just surrender, and I just kind of let the Holy Spirit just have his way, and, I, and I'm telling you, on the ground, belly laughing came out of me, just rivers of joy would flow out of me, and it would, it would go on for 10, 20, 30, an hour or more, just laughing in the Spirit, and it was like the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Ghost. That meeting, that meeting wrecked me. It just took all my guard down. It, it put my guard down. I say that to say this. When we pray and minister tonight, we're going to pray. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna believe God for the joy of the Lord, which is already in this place, which is already in this place, to come and to fill you. Don't sit back in your seat. Don't be resistant and holding back. God doesn't make you do anything. You come up and you receive the joy of the Lord. There is such an anointing of joy in this place tonight. There is such an anointing and a presence of breakthrough. There is strength in the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength, is our strength. If you're not feeling that strength, it's because we're low on joy. Amen? Hallelujah.